Hashtag Tim and Friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned in to the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Five Canadian teams make their season debut tonight. The Canadian team plays its most important game in 36 years on home soil tonight. And producer Thomas Dobby is off to get married after tonight's show. After this show. Big congrats to Dobbs. Yeah, without a doubt. What's Seriously, that? congratulations, Dobbs, and no need to mail this one in. We've got you 90 minutes on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 360. Then we pass the baton to Carolyn Cameron and the crew. Leafs and Habs, the oldest rivalry in the National Hockey League, kicks off the 21-22 season in our home and native land. It'll be followed by the Jets and Ducks on Sportsnet 360 and Sportsnet 1. That comes your way at 10 Eastern, 9 in the peg, and the Canucks and Oilers on Sportsnet. Same time, kids, and it's been 31 years since the oil paraded down Jasper Ave and 36 years since Canada had a men's national soccer game as big as the one against Panama tonight in Toronto. Mm. You can see that game on Sportsnet 1. My goodness, Jesse. Whole grain goodness up and down the dial. Rubinoff with me as always. And as always, we kick off the festivities with a little thing we call First Things First. Well, well, well. Kind of a big day today. You feel like it's a big day today? You feel like you the energy is in the air? Yeah, oh, no, yeah. obviously. It, I know the NHL season started last night with some intriguing games, but for real, it's Canada. It's hockey. It doesn't start till the Leafs and Habs play. Obviously. Yeah. It's a little bit different today. We talked about the schedule. You mentioned it. Uh, tonight should be a ton of fun. Five Canadian teams playing their season openers. As for the other two, the Sens will open tomorrow at home against the Leafs, while Flames fans will have to wait until Saturday for the Battle of Alberta in Edmonton. We've heard a lot of different opinions on this question. We put it out to our followers on social media today as well. Mm-hmm. But Tim, we haven't heard your answer yet. So who is the best team in Canada as we get going tonight? I have a definitive answer. What? Really? The Toronto Maple Leafs are the best team in Canada in the regular season. I think if the Jets survive the regular season and get a fresh Connor Hellebuck, and that's a big if for me. All-star game, Team USA in Beijing. I think if he's good to go when the playoffs roll around, the Winnipeg Jets are the team best suited to make a real run in the postseason. So if you're asking me right now, who is the last Canadian team standing? For me, the Jets have the best shot to do that. But I need to say this. The Toronto Maple Leafs were basically home and cooled with the North last year. And they are being completely disrespected. And I know why. And I understand why. Mm. Because they lost in the first round again. But you put John Tavares or Jake Muzzin on the ice for all of Game 6 and Game 7, there is a completely different narrative around this hockey team. 
And yes, the margins are that slim. And yes, the lines are that fine. But they get out of their own heads and understand that hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And they are the best team in Canada by a significant margin. You just said the phrase that I think is the most important. They need to get out of their own heads. Yeah. That is so much easier said than done. Like this fan base, have you, have you ever seen a fan base that is seemingly as checked out as they are going into the regular season? Like Leaf fans are always going to watch. They're always going to be passionate. But everybody is waiting to see what they do in the playoffs. It's like the regular season doesn't matter. Of course it does. You have to do well. You have to get into the playoffs. But they're going to have to be clicking at the right time. And that is the only thing that matters for this fan base. And getting over that hump mentally, I think, is so much harder than just bringing in a couple new guys around the periphery. I think that you're right to a certain extent. Mm. If Matthews gets his regular four-goal debut, there's not going to be a lot of humming and hawing about the Leafs getting a 6-2 win in the opener against the Montreal Canadiens tonight. But if they start losing, I think what you're saying is way off. I think if the Toronto Maple Leafs start losing... In this regular season, it'll mean a hell of a lot. And the fan base will start stirring real quick on this team, which means a a good, big start from this squad without some key faces Mm. is going to be important, as it is for many teams. But listen, you're right. Toronto can't impress their fans until the postseason, but they can sure as hell disappoint them. No question about it. No question about it. Uh, let's get to some responses on the best team in Canada because yeah, we put that like out you to fi- the, uh, yeah, you probably fired up a lot of people, and hopefully we get some responses coming in. As well, a we already put it answer. out to the friends of the show. We put it out to the friends of the yeah, show. We can roll through at Tim and friends. We can roll through a couple of the answers nice. right now. So Derek says, mimics basically exactly what you just said, Tim. Leafs should be one of the top regular season teams, uh, but the Jets man. will go deepest. That is a that in is the a playoffs. Very intelligent. Well thought. And look, look at the timestamp, okay? So he's not someone who's just watching and just threw that out there right now. Like, that was sent a, a while. So you or, guys are just on the same wavelength. Or maybe I stole his idea. Oh, that's possible, too. Two, I yeah. did put two, two together. Uh, Marlo <laughs> says, as the start of every new season, I believe. And we, we were talking about uh, things that are so great about sports and what you're thankful for the other day on in Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And one of those things was uh, someone wrote fresh in. Season. A fresh season. Yeah. And it gets going again tonight for most of the Canadian teams. Uh, Mike says, I'll just leave this one here. And it's Blake Wheeler with just uncontrollable amounts of swag because he's got that C on his jersey. Did it surprise you? Did it surprise you? I mean, we've been showing the Vegas numbers. And there are a lot of experts. We'll talk to Elliot Friedman in uh, less than 10 minutes from Mm -hmm. now or around 10 minutes from now, and I'll ask him. But I think he's another on the Winnipeg Jets bandwagon. Like, I, I went around a lot of the experts in Canada to figure out who was the consensus top team in Canada. And more of the experts said the Winnipeg Jets, yet you go to Vegas right now, and they are the fourth pick. It's funny. The yeah. Montreal Canadiens are ahead of the Winnipeg Jets. There's some value there if you really believe in what a lot of people are saying around this country. Um, for me, I, I, obviously the Leafs are the number one pick on that odds board. Some of that is just dumb money that will mm-hmm. always go mm-hmm. on the big teams like Montreal and Toronto. And I'm a little worried about the sustainability of the goaltending in Toronto. 
And I wonder if that could spiral if they hit that adversity that we're talking about. Yeah, it seems like they've had relative stability for the last number of years with Freddie Anderson. Yes, he's had injury issues, yeah. but you sort of knew that you had that rock there. It faltered a little bit in the playoffs too. That yeah, didn't work out well. Yeah, but, I was going to say, but, when? When are you talking about? But now about? you have now you have two guys that don't necessarily have the playoff pedigree that you, I think, were hoping to get uh, when it comes to the goaltending. I think a lot of people are sleeping on. We haven't talked about the Oilers at all. They're the second team on that board, Tim. And they have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl here. Yeah, they're, they're in the same boat as the Leafs. I'm sorry. They're in a – I saw Mark Spector basically write the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in the same boat as the Leafs. You can't do what you did in the regular season over the last couple of years and do what you did in the postseason the last couple of years. You need to prove it when it matters most. And they are going to be same thing. McDavid can have his 150 points. Dreisaitl can have his 120. And show me what you do in the postseason. And I'm not sure that they surrounded those guys with enough. We'll, we'll have that conversation. I'm also worried about if you're asking for predictions in the season, I'm worried about the Habs making the playoffs. Like, it's one thing to lose Carey Price. It's another thing to lose Carey Price and Shea Weber. Like, mm. I think you're going to see what the value of Carey Price and Shea Weber really are to that team. I mean, like... I like Jeff Petrie. I have defended Jeff Petrie, but I like him when he's not asked to do too much, when he can play his game. But a Petrie-Kulak top pairing, like, that's not exactly intimidating. Like, it's amazing to look at the roster changes for the Habs Mm -hmm. from the Game 7, or both ways, from the Game 7 against the Leafs to... What is going to go out there in game one? And obviously there are injuries on both sides, but it's like this is 2021 and this is salary cap doing its damage. No team comes back the same. I mean, the ins and outs and the intricacies of those ins and outs Mm -hmm. are varied, but man, the salary cap forces you to do a lot of things. The Leafs know that and the Habs had a little bit of room, but they've had a ton of changes from last year. Yeah, and the reality is for the Habs, too, the division is harder. And they squeaked in last year barely, barely in a North division, right? And now the, the Atlantic division is much more difficult than what Calgary they played in last year. had more wins than Montreal yeah, last year. Yeah, reality could hit hard. Uh, Mitch Marner is a game-time decision for the Leafs and Habs tonight. Obviously, left practice yesterday, got hit up high by Wayne Simmons' uh, fluke. But he is a game-time decision. And Brock Besser, not playing. who has skated... Last two days with the Canucks at at morning skate. He is not playing for the Canucks tonight. It is an undisclosed injury for Brock Besser. So, again, Marner, a game-time decision for the Leafs. Brock Besser will not play for the Canucks tonight. Elliot Freeman coming up. We'll have much more on hockey. By the way, speaking of game two, also, uh, Oilers and Canucks, Cabby's coming by, and he's going to give us a little teaser on his interview with Connor McDavid. So we've got the, the entire country Covered today, Elliot Love Friedman, it. Cabral Richards, and a, and a tiny, a tiny little sprinkle from Connor McDavid as we get you set for game ones of at least five of the seven Canadian And the teams. pun king himself, Gene Principe, too. Uh-oh. Can't leave him out either. Yes, nice. The man. Okay, uh, no games in Major League Baseball postseason tonight after a busy day on Tuesday. The Astros advanced to their fifth straight ALCS, closing out their series of the White Sox in four games while the Braves finished off the Brewers, clinching their second straight NLCS appearance and the door is open for a rematch against the Dodgers in the LCS after LA kept their season alive last night 
With a 7-2 win over the Giants, the NL West rivals, who had the two best records in baseball this season, will play a win-or-go-home game 5 tomorrow in San Francisco. How fitting is it that this series will come down to one game, Tim? It's fitting, and it's also horse bleep. Really? That these two 106 and 107 win teams are locked into a series this tight with multiple pitchers going over and over. I mean, the Dodgers are basically going to have to ride Bueller, Urias, and Scherzer or turn to Gonsolin or Price while the 88-win Atlanta Braves sit and wait. 88 wins or three less than the Toronto Blue Jays. Listen, man. I love baseball, and I love the intricacies of watching good teams play baseball at this time. And to be honest with you, we're losing a good team in a best-of-five coin flip where they're going to be using some of their best pieces a little too much to get through this best-of-five coin Mm. flip. I think that Major League Baseball and their playoff system is completely screwed up. I think it's bass-ackwards. And I think they need to revisit it. And I don't know if the answer is making sure that just your top two teams go through, getting rid of an unbalanced schedule. Like, there's a lot here that Major League Baseball has to figure out. And I'm telling you because I love the game. Mm -hmm. And I'm not telling you because there's sour grapes. I am unbiased. I'm watching from the sidelines. And I'm seeing the two best teams in the National League go toe-to-toe. And one of them will come out and be used up for when they face an 88-win team in the Atlanta Braves. So is your beef that it's a, a best of five because, or the fact that they're playing this early in the playoffs? Because both. if you have the Giants on the, on the opposite end of the bracket, theoretically they could be playing in the NLCS. Would that make much of a difference to you? If they yeah, were it would be a, game, it would be a best series? of seven. Because, yeah, right. So that right? was the question. If, yeah. if it's seven-game series, is different. But the other thing is that you're having them – like. Listen, if you're going to value 162, then your record over 162 should be valued too. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be winning your division, but we all know why the division means so much. Because they don't want to get rid of an unbalanced schedule because they want the Yankees and Red Sox to play a ton. And they want the Giants and Dodgers to play a ton. And they got what they wanted in the postseason just at the wrong times. And for me, I would rather see, listen, if you just are cheering for great baseball, these two teams are the ones that need to be playing for the NLCS. Love it. All due respect to the Atlanta Braves and Freddie Freeman. Shout him out. Great story. <laughs> Wonderful story. They had three less wins than the Jays who didn't make the playoffs. And they were through. It's just, it's not, it's, listen, life ain't fair. But sometimes you make adjustments to make it a little more fair. Baseball needs to make adjustments. And they also need to make adjustments on a four-hour and 32-minute game that was 10-1 and has Tony La Russa coming out because Abreu got drilled. Like, what the hell are we doing here? Like, my son loves baseball. There is no bleeping chance that he's watching four hours and 32 minutes of a 10-1 baseball game. Like, what the hell are we doing? Baseball says they want to speed it up, but when it comes, oh, we can't do that. We can't do this. Well, we got to be careful with that. Man, you're going to lose an entire generation with these four-hour games. Well, we know it'll only be 90 minutes at BMO Field tonight. Right. 90 minutes Biggest because in the world. Canada's men's soccer team will play the final game of the second World Cup qualifying window tonight. They host 
Panama at BMO in Toronto. You can see it on Sportsnet 1 at 7 Eastern. Canada currently sits in fourth place in the standings behind Mexico, the U.S., and Panama. You said it to me. This is about as big as it gets for Canada, is it not? This is uh, the biggest game since uh, a very legendary game in St. John's, Newfoundland in 1985. This is the biggest game on home soil in 36 years, if I'm doing my math correct. If you want to know how long it was since Canada played a game this big, I have video evidence courtesy of my friend and yours, Brian Williams on CBC. World Cup 86 goes next June in Mexico, and with a win or even a tie this afternoon against Honduras, Canada will at long last qualify to play. We are ready for World Cup soccer from St. John's. Hi, everyone, and welcome to St. John's, Newfoundland. Graham, Sam, and I are ready for what we hope will be Canadian sports history here this afternoon. Coming up next, the opening kickoff, live on Sports Weekend. Listen, Honduras wasn't ready for... Uh, St. John's, Newfoundland. But <laughs> did you see the graphics behind Brian Williams? I mean, this is 36 years ago. St. <laughs> John's Person World writing. Cup Soccer. That is uh, Later yeah. on, we're going to show you drone footage of the new Sportsnet NHL studios. I want you to contrast what you see here. And there with that. Technology and stuff. <laughs> just, yeah, technology. Moves fast. <laughs> uh, listen, I am Jack. Canada is still shorthanded. Tiba Hutchison, Kyle Laren, and Lucas Cavallini remain out. So does Milan Borian. I'm getting texts on how big this is, and I haven't put my phone on mute. So shame on me. Richie Larea, though, Tejan Buchanan, Stephen Vittoria, all eligible to play in this game. And listen, Panama could be tired. Uh, they have essentially stuck to the same starting lineup in their qualifying matches to date. They've been here. They've done this. They know exactly what CONCACAF qualifying is. And this will be a remarkable test of the resiliency of Team Canada, who got a real good idea Mm -hmm. of what kind of bar fight CONCACAF qualifying can turn into in Jamaica. And they were probably disappointed with the result. They've got to now refocus they should be relatively fresh. There should be an the, the idea of going to St. John's, Newfoundland against Honduras was to put the Hondurans in such an uncomfortable spot with a terrible pitch. And you saw the that all was due like respect, Jamaica's pitch. Yeah, it was no, it was not like Jamaica's pitch. It was it looked like uh, Ranchdale Public School is what it looked like. Um, they did that on purpose because they didn't have the skill to run with the Hondurans. It's the exact opposite. With this team, this group, tonight in Toronto, and as you saw by driving in today, there is some weather in the forecast. I think that may benefit Panama if it does get a little slogged. Sharman coming up from BMO as well, who we always love to hear. I'm excited for this. This, I'm so excited for this that I've purchased tickets, and on the first day of the NHL schedule in Canada, oldest rivalry in all of hockey, Leafs-Habs, Canucks Oilers, I'm going to watch soccer with my boy down at BMO Field because this is a huge... Entirely, entirely justifiable. 
Entirely. Well, and I have a PVR. Still to come, <laughs> we head to Scotiabank Arena. We'll check in with Sean McKenzie and Eric Engels. Plus, a visit with Gene Principe in Edmonton. Cabby stops by the studio with a sneak peek of his conversation with Connor McDavid. And up next, Elliot Friedman from the brand spanking new NHL on Sportsnet digs. Tim and friends. Aggie! Let's go. It's a fly ball to center field. Lorenzo Kane going back at the wall. Freddie Freeman's left the yard and put the Braves on top. Mookie Betts! Two-run blast! The Dodgers and the Giants. Game five coming your way on Thursday night. They score! Ryan Donato has the first goal in Seattle Kraken history. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of mixed emotions. Uh, anytime you play a team in the playoffs and uh, one team beats the other, the game's going to be full of you know energy and, and physical. And Whether we play 20 times or not, at least in Montreal, the, the rivalry is there. What have you seen from Connor's one-timer there? Is it, is it coming along? He's been working on it quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, it's fluffing off really nice. Yeah. Really nice. Welcome back. The NHL season got underway last night, but five of the Canadian teams hit the ice for the first time tonight. Hockey Central coming your way on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 360 at 6.30 Eastern. 3.30 Pacific, followed by the Canadians and Leafs at 7 Eastern. Then... At 10 Eastern, the Oilers host the Canucks on Sportsnet. The Jets also visit the Ducks. That's available to you on Sportsnet 360. The return of hockey also means the return of Elliot Friedman's thoughts. That's right, kids. But with the Kraken entering the fold, it is now a full 32 thoughts. The blog, the podcast, they're all back. So is our weekly segment with Frege, which we call 3 of 32. Brought to you by the first ever GMC 84 lineup. Frege, we've got a brand new graphic of you and apparently a brand new studio for you. <laughs> I have to say, I really like that picture. I would oh, yeah? keep it up instead of showing me. Maybe have some movable lips on it or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like Ed the Sock, or That's what was what the, uh, someone, was that Ed the Sock? Conan, Conan Conan did that. it, yes, right, yeah. right. You look very regal in our new graphic. That that can't be me. That, that <laughs> looks too good. That cannot be me. Uh, it's a good angle, my friend. Uh, shoot upwards. It all works out for all of us. <laughs> I got a couple chins, and I like when people shoot. I, I, I know, Tim, I know I'm really dating myself with this reference. This is not a reference that's going to score big with the young audience. <laughs> yes. But if you remember the movie Tootsie, which I saw, I think, when I was 10, there's a scene in there where they say, can we move the camera back to make her look more attractive? And, and, the, and the camera guy says, what about Cleveland? I always think about that when what I'm on Cleveland? camera. Yeah, me too, bud. <laughs> me too. Uh, I was just curious. Have you heard whether or not it's a sellout? It's not. At, you know, it's not. It's eh? not. Yeah. It's, it's been a short runway, and I wondered how many people would be able to get in. Never mind how many people are still hesitant. Never mind how many people haven't figured out the vaccine and what you got to show when you go in the door and all those things. Like, do you think that we'll have um, teams worrying about how many people they can get in the door? We won't. We'll, we, it's not a question of we'll have it. We are having it. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, the, the blog is now 32 thoughts instead of 31. Uh, I actually wrote about that the other day. There was thought number one. And, and someone told me I, in the league, it said I, I actually undersold 
how big an issue this is early. And, you know, one of the things they're talking about is, and it's not just in Canada, but I think also in some of the U.S. markets. Look, markets like, you know, Tampa and Florida, they had full crowds. Vegas had full crowds last year. They've moved past that. But in Ontario, they just got the approval for the Sanders and the Maple Leafs uh, on Friday. And I, and I think some of these teams are wondering, okay, are our fans going to be comfortable going into a full building? I had uh, a, a, an executive on a, on a team in the States who you know, hasn't been as open as some of those other states I mentioned, and they said, we're curious about yeah. how many of our fans are going to feel comfortable. And also, too, you know Alberta, uh, the, the whole health care system in that province right now is under stress. How are people going to feel about going to games there? So I, I definitely think, look, you know, Maple Leaf tickets are expensive. They're not just, you know, free walk in the building. I think yeah. if that was the case... You know, people might break down the door a bit more, but between the cost and also just the fact that I think we really haven't been open, I do think there are teams worried about, okay, are our fans going to be comfortable filling a building? You know, it's funny. It might be interesting to see. I'm going down to Canada, Panama at BMO Field, and it might be interesting to look at the attendance at, you know, Scotiabank Arena versus BMO Field because an open-air stadium yes. versus an indoor stadium and how people feel comfortable. And to be honest with you, like, I went down to a couple of Jays games, mm -hmm. and at first there was a little hesitancy uh, on my part, but after a while, you and I think this is the case with a lot of people, what you're surrounded by, if, if you, you just kind of fall into that group mentality where if other people around you feel comfortable, you all of a sudden feel a little bit more comfortable. Well, it's, it's true. I, I totally believe that. I went to one Jays game uh, in the... The, air, the spread out area. I went yep. with uh, David Amber, and you know we talked. We looked over at the pack section, and this was right as they were first letting fans back in, and they returned to Toronto. And we were like, I'm not so sure we feel comfortable yet. But I bought playoff tickets, and I was going to sit uh, in the crowd for the playoffs. Had the Blue Jays made it, I'm you know I'm double vaxxed. Uh, I'm a person who believes that we're going to have to learn to live with COVID for a yep. long time. I agree. Uh, but I also do think Tim, like you know, there have have been situations where I've kind of said I don't know if I'm 100% ready for that yet and also my son can't get vaccinated yet so right. all of these things I think I'm no different than a lot of other people making the decision about going to these games yeah I brought up that point to our crew who doesn't have children under 12 years old and if your child can't get vaxxed that's that's a tough situation to put your kid into all right let's let's get to the game of hockey and on the ice I, I asked a lot of people this over the last couple of days Jesse asked me this to start the show I got to get your opinion though I have leafed through that 32 thoughts that you talked about and may have an idea of who you think the best team in Canada might be I think it's Winnipeg I, I saw you had uh, Sarah Valley on the other day with Nick and I know he's leading that train too uh, Winnipeg opens up tonight in Anaheim you know first of all I think they're better on the ice uh, I think they've got one of the best goalies in the league I think they've made their D better they've got a lot of talent offensively um, but you know I think the other thing was it just seemed like every offseason recently there was something going on there whether it was Dustin Bufflin or was questioning the leadership core or the way they led the team or whether it was uh, Patrick Laine last year, there's, there's always noise. And now this year there was no noise. And they probably don't like it now that everybody's picking them because they're like, oh, this is just what we needed. We, <laughs> yeah. we, we've been quiet and now everybody's all over this. But I, I just really like their team. And, um, you know, I think the Andrew Kopp decision, if he leaves at the end of the year, he leaves at the end of the year, but we treat him like a rental this year. Uh, I thought that was a really smart play. I like the team. I like their talent. 
And uh, if I had to pick a best team in Canada right now, uh, Winnipeg is my pick going in. Okay, so I know you watch Saravelli and Kipper on the show, but yep. I'll fill the rest of the folks in. They had a little bit of a back and forth on the future of Mark Bergevin. And listen, it's not often where four games into a playoff series, a guy's going to get fired. Then he goes to the cup final. Then he goes into a, what is a lame duck year the next season with the very same franchise that he's been with for almost a decade now. Mm -hmm. What are you hearing on Mark Bergevin and his future in Montreal, and who holds the cards? Well, Bergevin doesn't talk about it a lot, which makes it a little more difficult to track. But, you know, I want to take us back. Before the playoffs last year, the owner, Jeff Molson, and Mark Bergevin started talking about an extension. And I believe there was an extension on the table for Bergevin last year. But one of the things I think that was happened was, um, you know, Montreal's a very high-stress environment. I, I do believe it's the toughest place in the league. Uh, you know, two, two languages, a lot of media there, especially in French media. They're big stars. They have big personalities, and they have big opinions. And I think it's the hardest place to be a GM in the National Hockey League. And I think he was burned out. You know, and I think a lot of people can sympathize with that, uh, Tim, because I think a lot of us have been burned out throughout the pandemic, yeah. right? So I don't think he's diff different than anyone else. And, and I think he was considering stepping away after last year. Then they're down 3-1. Um, you know, buddies of mine who live in Montreal said, if you listen to radio the night and the day after yeah. they, they fell behind 3-1, it was crazy town there. And, and suddenly he pulls out of it, and they go to the Stanley Cup final. Um, there were people who know Bergevin a lot better than I do who thought he was going to resign at the end of last year. So they, he, they have a great run. It, get, it gets refreshed a bit. And one of the things I think that this happened was the New York Rangers hired Chris Drury as their president and general manager. And I'm under the impression that Drury signed uh, a long-term deal in the middle $4 million area. And I think a lot of other executives who had a bit more experience, and mm. I don't have a problem with this. You're worth what you negotiate, and he negotiated himself right. a great deal. But I think a lot of other executives said, hey, first-time guy, four-ish, four-and-a-half-ish, we should be brought up too. And I think a lot of other teams said, look, Jury's a president. He's in New York. It's a different thing. But I do think, and I don't necessarily think that Bergevin's asking for $4.5 million, but I do think he's looking at it saying, hey, I've gone to a Stanley Cup final. I should be closer to that. So I think between his own exhaustion at times and that situation, I, I think they're having trouble making a deal. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons, Tim, I think Bergevin's been so good about Drew-Ann Carey Price, because yeah. he understands. Yeah, I was gonna, that was the point that I was going to bring up. I was laughing about how fine the line is, but I think that you hit the nail on the head at the end there, and the emotion that you saw from Mark Bergevin uh, when talking about Carey Price, I think uh, a lot of people have a lot of empathy for what people are going through in the pandemic. And I think you saw a little bit of that in Mark Bergevin there. Listen, uh, I know that we would love to go through Brady Kachuk. I would love to get your idea on the Edmonton Oilers. Well, look, if you, if you want to go more, it's opening night. Let's, if you got time, let's I, do more. I, I, I would love to. We got a guest coming up. Oh, okay. your, your, your offer is wonderfully accepted. But I also wanted to get a tweet in that Jesse said, gave me the wink and said, Sid tweeted in. Mm. So what the hell did Sid tweet in while Elliot and I were talking? Well, we were making a big deal about the picture of Elliot, and Sid is making a big deal about it as well. He tweeted in, I think we found the new James Bond. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> 
I don't disagree. I gotta tell you, that's one job I leave this for. I, I'm a big. <laughs> if you could ever tell me that I could be James Bond, I'm out of here tomorrow. I love James Bond. Ah, uh, that's an awesome way to close. And, and this I'm out. happy to stay, Tim, because we've only got a meeting uh, next, and our meetings are terrible. I hate. That. I, don't <laughs> I think that is true of every piece of on-air broadcaster in the planet Earth that, that they don't want to be a part of any of these meetings. Let's just go talk. Uh, thanks, buddy. Always appreciate it. And Bud. You got a new avatar here, and it's not that one. It's the new James Bond. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. Have yeah. a great day. There is Elliot Friedman. Uh, from one former SCORE alum to another. That's right. Cabral Richards, a.k.a. Cabby, joins me in studio next as we get a sneak peek at his interview with Connor McDavid. Get his thoughts on the start of a brand new NHL season. Cabby next on Tim and Friends. All right, we're back on Tim and Friends. Uh, all we got tonight on the Sportsnet family of channels is Canada soccer and the biggest game that it's had in like 36 years. Uh, Leafs and Habs, I've heard, is a pretty good rivalry. We'll have that uh, coming your way. Oilers, Canucks is coming your way. Uh, the Jets, who you just heard Elliot Friedman say is his favorite to be the best team in Canada. They're taking on the Ducks. That's also on the Sportsnet family. Just, you know. Lay down the remote. We got, we, we got you covered. We use that a lot. Uh, that laugh. In the, <laughs> yeah, in the, sorry. We use it a lot these days. I didn't know yeah, we have been. It's a good thing, though. That's a good thing. Uh, I don't know if you've heard the voice, but uh, in the immortal words of James Todd Smith, "Don't call it a comeback." That's right. He has been here for years. It is Cabral Richards. Right. Hey! And the energy that he brings first, immediately first, into this studio. First guest to clap love. for himself. Yeah, hey, we, we clap hey. for ourselves. Hey. Love Shout that. out to. If you don't clap for yourself, who will clap for Agreed. you? Appreciate you yeah. and and salute to Noriega on the drink champs. That's where they. N O R E. N O R E. Yeah. Where they clap for all their guests, and it's a celebration. But anytime yes. you and I are in a room together, I feel like we should celebrate that because we have. There are a lot of immaculate vibes here. There are a lot of uh, a lot of old school and immaculate vibes, and new school immaculate vibes. I know. I know yeah. that you had a conversation with one Connor McDavid, and I don't know if you know this, but Mark Spector wrote a column, Sportsnet.ca about this new Connor McDavid that seems to be opening up and becoming comfortable with himself and his surroundings, which is not always the case for superstar hockey players. Yeah, and, and you know, the young man had basically the league thrust on his shoulders at such a young age, and he's the face of one of the most iconic franchises in the game. So I can't imagine that level of pressure, like right from the jump. Yeah. And he's handled it amazingly, and his talent is electric and generational. But he's a little—he's a, a little. Guard. Maybe it's just because of my stupid face. Like when he sees my stupid face, <laughs> he's like, "Oh, it is what's going to happen right now." He's a little bit guarded, but I got to spend some time with him in Edmonton, uh, and we had quite a lot of time together. And I was just interested in Tim, like regular dude stuff, is what right. I say. And yeah, he, he has this exceptional talent but like he's still just a regular dude like he's in group chats with his boys like right. Right, with his crew or whatever and you know he's just like us outside of that <laughs> generational yeah. ridiculous talent and pressure that he lives <laughs> under Correct. we're wearing a c in just, edmonton just like us yeah. <laughs> but he's like but us. he's just kind of like us yeah, yeah yeah and so you know in our in our conversation i wanted to explore some of the dynamics of the room and uh put him in pressure cooker situations not uh, nothing like what he has to you know 
do 82 games and then, you know, hopefully 16 wins after those 82 games. But, like, start bench cut. We've all seen this mm. on – we played versions of that with language we can't say anymore. Yeah. Mary Zoom, Zoom. So, like – and, and I gave him, like, impossible choices. Right. In, like, an NBA edition, an NFL edition, and an NHL edition. And at the end, I tested him with. Well, I have a little. I have a little clip. You guys, can I just? Oh, show? I feel like David Letterman here. Did you bring a clip? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Conan O'Brien. Did uh, you yes. bring a clip? I brought a clip. Would you guys like to see the clip? I would love to see the clip. <laughs> Let's go to the clip. Let's go to the clip. Hey, come to your boy. How you doing, dude? Guy, you look taller than last time. Connor, this is the football toss. Bounce. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> what are you even doing? I mean, my fantasy football team, I got a couple of them. Get out of here. How many of these do you have in your house, and where are they? Got a ton of them. Lenny backs his, oh, backs yeah. his thing oh, up yeah. onto oh, yeah. you, and then... Like tunnel music? Yeah, like, like for him, just for, like, for this stretch. Bam, here, hold my water, hold my bile steel, or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it might be stronger than that. This kind of feels weird talking about this with you, obviously. But uh, <laughs> after a big win, I can hardly sleep. After a big loss where, you know, you got blown out, I fall asleep almost instantly. Sometimes you got to shut the up. That, I mean, that's that's impossible. Do you have some lifts in there? No, no. You got a good arm, huh? This is where Rory brings it up. Is, is it Applewood? Is it? <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's begin on three, two, one. So uh, uh, Applewood. Yeah. By the way, what was I couldn't see? Those the... are like well, you because you have because salute to Snoop yeah, and Snoop and. It. Uh, D-O-W-G. Five, hey, that five dog. Um, it's just those green. Poop Not many bags. of my guests know the names of my dogs. Yeah, so yeah. it's the green poop bags that cost oh, a dollar yeah, yeah, yeah. that everybody who's owned a dog, like Neither whoever right. invented yeah. those green poop, they have the, the all the market share of those poop bags. But like, are you the, saying is that to bring it back? No, like the idea of like having the <laughs> yeah. the, the spool undo where you yeah. just take one yeah. after another yeah, yeah. is one genius, and two, as dog owner and anyone who is a dog owner understands, every once in a while you get one where the hole is on both ends, and oh. then you get the old. Oh, no, it is a bad scene. Yeah. <laughs> so I one love those people and two hate those people. Whoever invented that. So just have you ever gotten the, the whole? Um, he's got he's got a dog. Do I have to well. answer? <laughs> yeah, I've gotten it. Your dog's name? Yeah, you've yeah. got it. Yeah. What's yeah. your dog's name? Peanut. Pe- oh, great. That's multi poo. Same as uh, who was on? John Fox was on the show. Yeah, John. Yeah, has a multi poo also. Coach also has a oh, the, the yeah, I have the same Panthers? kind of dog as an NFL head coach. Oh, no? nice. I'm no also deal. half Maltese too, so I, we're yeah. we're all set. Here. Surrounded. <laughs> so so you like I mean that looked like you spent quality time. I did, yeah, some yeah. QT there. Yeah, and uh, so uh, we have it drops uh, Saturday in Hockey Night Canada, and then we're also going to put like a longer version on on YouTube on Friday. So what on? What do you mean? What? I know it's kind of, it's, it's you, a little it's a little Cabral crazy. Richards it's a weird on hockey flex. night in Canada. I know <laughs> it's so weird. it doesn't no, like, make sense. Like when I was giving you a Jim Brown picture going out the door at the score, or like when you and I went to North Toronto Arena and we faked <laughs> a, we faked a fight on well, the I ice. I wanted to actually win the fight. Yeah, and, and then, you you fight you can be able to, Tim fights dirty. There <laughs> will absolutely be either a slew foot or a fish hook. Yeah, and he's a lefty, so it's so much harder to to fight because you're on your your uh, you're a southpaw. The, the the truth of the matter was at the score we had there were like it was 
it was like we were living in a dormitory <laughs> when we went to work. And yeah. we would have college like, bros before it was college bros. Right. And we would have like foot hockey games in the hallways. Yeah. And every once in a while, there'd just be like a random scrap. And Cab and I, yeah. among others around there, well, probably more me and you than anyone else, would just fight every I once in a while. That's and I, true. Would, I, I felt no ways before COVID. I felt no ways <laughs> about if I was losing that fight, just to grab a, a, a piece of that cheek yeah. and just start. And, and just let people know, like, <laughs> yeah. you mean business. Yeah, and like, then, okay, 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 and that's it, that's it, that's it. Yeah. yeah, so, um, yeah, so we. Um, I have no Friday, qualms with fighting dirty. It's true. Yeah, Friday. Friday, uh, yeah, the full piece uh, drops on uh, sportsnet.ca and then Sportsnet's YouTube channel. So I hope you guys will check it out. And I, I was very appreciative that Connor let me mess around like I do. I mean, with all these athletes that I'm very fortunate to, um, to interview and interact with, like, I like bringing special things for them. Mm-hmm. And seeing Connor, like, he is in multiple fantasy football leagues, yeah. as you are, as Jesse is, yeah, as I am, as yeah. millions of people watching this. You know, so like playing football with a dude was like something that people that he rarely does because he didn't have the time, but people have never seen it before. So I, I'm very thankful that uh, he indulged me, and you guys will see that piece on, on Friday. Uh, this feels, uh, selfishly, being self indulgent, this feels like home, and it's awesome to see mm-hmm. this. On, on the flip side okay. of what you're getting from Cabral Richards is a glimpse into athletes' personalities that I don't know that I've ever seen. And I'm not saying this because I'm your friend. I'm saying this because I'm a fan. You give a glimpse into athletes that no one else can get in this country or the country that you previously worked in in the United States of America. And I think that hockey needs that. Like, I really believe that hockey needs that. And I watched... Um, ESPN's broadcast yesterday. And I saw Austin Matthews uh, tweet and Instagram the picture of him on the ESPN magazine That's a, that's cover a dope cover. That um, got me thinking, like, it's now on ESPN and TNT slash TBS in the States. Yeah. I don't know how different their broadcasts are, but I do know how much they need to show off their personality in a world where... Um, there's a million different choices, and if you don't show personality, then you'll be lost in the mix. Agreed. And it's impossible to duplicate the magic of inside the NBA with Charles, Ernie, Shaq, and Kenny Smith, but they can aspire to to do some of that. And even just, even having Charles Barkley talk to Christine Simpson about uh, hockey, yes. like it's awesome because Chuck is the Chucks are so lovable, and he's a hockey fan. He lives in he lives in Arizona. I don't know how many Coyotes games he's been to or he might attend. Apparently, but... John Cooper's his dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh wow, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, but but it, you know, having hockey elevate to those networks would just raise the awareness and hopefully grow the audience in the United States. We already love it here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's in our fabric, and we live and die for the sport. But it, but it, can, but, it can help here, too. True. Like, I think, and, and listen, maybe I'm just on the outside looking in, and I'm saying this because I'm on the outside looking in, um, but I think it, it needs a little bit of that here, too, and I think that you can bring that uh, with Connor McDavid, and I, I can't wait to see, like, what comes out through the rest of the season because... I think it'll be a nice little added touch to the way we cover everything. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, I hope and that I, uh, guys will want to mess around a little bit. Like, Bieber, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, I tried to show it to you before we came to air. But <laughs> Bieber 
voiced over a piece for ESPN on their iconic music. Um, Sidney Crosby was on Monday Night Football. Very like cool. These are things that we have never seen or it's been a long time since we saw. And, and salute to Colby uh, Armstrong got Ovi and Sid in a room together, which yeah. is very hard to do. I know they <laughs> respect each other, but it's not like they're playing golf or like they're, you know, having some beverages right. uh, after games together and stuff like that. So that's like even Ovi's reputation. And I'm sorry, I'm going to take a right turn here. But Ovi's reputation, like remember we was doing hot stick and everyone shouted him down. Yeah. In right? his rookie season. And now, like if he did that, I wonder how much there would be how much pushback there would be on that. Like, I think we're getting to that. Like, Jose Batista, that was what, six years ago? Yeah. You can't do that. Now everyone on planet Earth yeah. is just... Tatis Jr., yeah. and, they, and, it, and he'll run around third base, stop, hesitate to show love up a picture. That. And yeah. I love it, too. Yeah. I mean, we need more. Obviously, you and I, we, we've been saying this for years. Yeah. The game needs more personality because it needs to grow. And I'm fat and old, and I, mean, I still feel that way. I'm... I mean, older. You're, it's, yeah, you're overstating both. Well, <laughs> yeah. Happy yeah, belated birthday, it. by the way. Hey, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for stopping by. Thanks well. for having me, man. It's uh, uh, I, I appreciate having the open invitation to hang at Shea McAuliffe. Right. And if you ever want to do plays of the week and cabbie on the street, you let me know. Let's right. uh, let's get it. Let's get the band back together. <laughs> After the break, we'll head to the rinks, visits the Scotiabank Arena, Rogers plays ahead of the season openers in Toronto and Edmonton. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> That's too inside baseball. Tim and friends, now for Tim and friends. Tim and friends. Tim and friends, now for Tim and friends. Tim and friends. And now, time for real sports talk with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show. All right, uh, thank you very much, Sheepdogs. I think we've gassed Elliot Friedman enough. I don't know if you've seen this, Jesse. Sid Sixero tweeting into the show when we put up the new. Three of 32 thoughts. I think we found the new James Bond, so Elliot's feeling real good about himself. And then we add to the gas by our digital team grabbing a photo of Elliot Friedman <laughs> and then putting him on as the new Bond. Uh, I think we've done enough to give Elliot Friedman a big hand. I mean, it's a really, really good Photoshop job. Like, it looks good. Like, it looks like it works. Well, that's because it's him. not his body. That's why it looks good. <laughs> that's because it's Daniel Craig. Shots fired. Shots <laughs> right. fired. I got another Photoshop I want to show you quickly. Kind of I don't keep anyone waiting. But uh, you and Cab were talking about the, the fights, back in the score, and the fish hooks. <laughs> Vinny, <laughs> Vinny, always good for a nice Photoshop job himself. Uncle Timmy's guide to have a fish hook. Mine's a little less flattering than Elliot's. Back here for another half. <laughs> Power on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 360. That's right, we're done. 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific. Today's Hockey Central takes over ahead of the Habs and Leafs season opener across the country. We've also got the Canucks and the Oilers later on Sportsnet and the Jets and Ducks on Sportsnet 360. So the 6.30 finish time for us means that I can make kickoff for Canada-Panama at Bebo Field, and you can see that one on Sportsnet. One absolutely massive match between Canada and Panama. But the start of the hockey season means we get to check in with some of our old friends, which includes Sean McK- it inc- Oh, yeah, it includes Sean McKenzie live at Scotiabank Arena. Uh, Sean, we know there's no Carey Price or Austin Matthews or Shea Weber in the lineup tonight. But what's the latest with Mitch Marner's status for tonight's game? I'll tell you that in a second, but I'm sorry. I cannot 
get the idea of Elliot Friedman and James Bond <laughs> out of my mind. Yeah. And like, you know he loves like this, right? Where it's, like pictures that, can't you just imagine Elliot in those scenes on like the Amalfi Coast <laughs> where you walk into like a beautiful barn and it's just Friedman in his turtleneck and he's like, hello, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm, you guys ruined this for me. Right. Like Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner Miss had a collision with Wayne nice Simmons yesterday in practice, and, and it caused a little bit of concern for Leafs fans. I don't think that concern was necessarily squashed following the practice when Sheldon Keefe came out and said it, it's not a serious injury, but it's something that they'll reevaluate this morning. Well, the good news is that Mitch Marner did take part in what was an optional morning skate, and it's interesting because Marner doesn't usually take part in the optional skate, so it was a good sign. He went out there, was obviously testing something, went through a few drills. He did do some one-timers in that bumper uh, power play position that he's normally in, so that is a good sign. He did leave before other guys. Keith saying afterwards that a lot of positive steps, but he still is a game-time decision. All the signs point to him playing tonight. That's not confirmed, but we'll have to wait and uh, find out. But uh, positive signs for Mitch Marner being in the lineup here tonight, guys. All right, let us know if it happens before we're off the air. Meantime, a full crowd allowed at Scotiabank Arena for the first time since, uh, crowd at all, since March of 2020. Yeah. Is, is there a bit of a buzz? Is there apprehension? Is there anxiety? Like, what's the feeling? No, it's amazing. And, and I... I I think all of us are realizing just what it means to have this and and we've seen half crowds here for the last few games but I think the biggest thing that I realize and the biggest thing personally that I can just speak to is when you actually enter the building it's walking in it's so many times in last winter when they were in the bubble you'd walk in here on a Wednesday or a Friday or Saturday it didn't matter it was empty. It was like a ghost town. You could see tumbleweeds rolling through. And I think that sucked the life out of a lot of people coming into the building. I'd imagine the players, the, the media, the staff, everyone kind of had that little bit of, it doesn't feel like a big hockey game. Well, walking in today felt wild. It, it's crazy. Awesome. The streets are shut down. There's police. There's signs. There's kids playing road hockey. There's a DJ. I think that's the biggest thing. And, and when we ask the players these questions, sometimes it's cliche. Hey, you're excited to play in front of fans. And you... In the past, maybe here, guys, go, oh, it's opening night, yada, yada, yada. But you see guys actually light up, and they're yeah. like, I'm pumped, I'm fired up. And there is an energy amongst them that I think is really genuine. Not often you get that in, in some of the cliche questions that uh, these guys get asked. But you can see the excitement on their faces. Without a doubt, I even felt it in media day, which was like a month away from the season when asking about having the fans back in the arena. Hey, listen, thanks for doing this, as always. A pleasure catching up with you in your almost salmon jacket. I love it. It's like peach. It's peach salmon. Hammond. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. There is Sean McKenzie down at Scotiabank Arena. The other game in Canada tonight sees the Oilers host the Canucks. Some lineup news on the Canucks side. Brock Besser will not play, but the Canucks expect him to play at some time during the season opening six-game road trip for Vancouver. Meanwhile, local kid. Kyle Burrows, yes, that's a Vancouver boy, will make his debut for the Canucks at the age of 26 after over 300 minor league games. Love stories like that, even if it comes at the expense of missing out a guy who is a pretty good hockey player in Brock Besser. Great stories. Speaking of a man who knows how to tell great stories, Gene Principe joins us live from Edmonton. Gino, what's the buzz with the Oilers entering into this opener? Well, if I may, Tim, now I'm thinking of Elliot Friedman. <laughs> right? <laughs> do 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 do. Right? How about Elliot Friedman? The name is Elliot Friedman. 
Or Friedman. Uh, oh, he's loving he would this make way a great too Daniel much Craig, right now. Wouldn't yeah. He? yeah, this is great. Hey, you know what? Uh, our, our network is built off the backs of people like Elliot Friedman, who uh, does the work of probably four, five, uh, six people, especially during those really busy times around the NHL, like opening night, trade deadline, unrestricted free agency days. So I know Elliot and everybody at our network is, is so excited about having yeah. hockey back. And to echo what Sean said, um, you know, in the bubble, it wasn't bad here because we weren't even sure if we were going to get hockey so you're kind of like hey we're, we're happy to have it last year was a bit challenging but again we were happy to have it but now we get it sort of similar to what we are used to having and that's fans in the stands I bumped the, the game's not for four hours and I bumped into a bunch of Oilers fans uh, already so they're excited about watching their team that includes Connor McDavid who lately like he's not good enough has been working on his one-timer and today his good buddy and line mate tonight, Leon Dreisaitl, assess the captain and his work on learning uh, something new and adding it to his repertoire. What have you seen from Connor's one-timer there? Is it, is it coming along? He's been working on it quite a bit. Yeah, it's fluffing off really nice. Yeah, <laughs> really nice. You don't feel threatened in that spot on the power play? Oh, no, if he gets a hold of it, he can, he can shoot it. Yeah, no. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> he's... Um, Obviously, you know, one of the hardest working guys around. You guys see it every day. Uh, we see it every day. So um, it's just going to something that's going to make him even more dangerous to teams. Yeah, absolutely. Like he needs to be more dangerous after 105 points in 56 games, Tim. But this is a sign of a guy uh, that doesn't want to fill his trophy case with just individual trophies, the Hart, the Art Ross, the Ted Lindsay. Those are wonderful. And listen, he's, he's going to win those uh, maybe not again and again, but likely again and again and again. So now he wants that big trophy, the Stanley Cup. So does Leon and so do the Edmonton Oilers. And that's why Ken Holland had such a busy summer to try and uh, build everything in the right way so that the Oilers can have playoff success. Always great catching up with you. Thank you for stopping by, Tim and friends. No problem. No problem. Fluff enough. Gino's hair. Or McDavid's one-timer. You make the call. <laughs> Thank you, Gino. There is Gene Principe in Edmonton. Uh, the Jets open their season in Anaheim. You can see it. 10 Eastern, 9 Central, and Sportsnet 360 and Sportsnet 1, if you so desire. The Jets will be without Mark Scheifele as he serves the final game of his suspension for his hit on Jake Evans in last season's playoffs, as if we didn't talk about that enough. 10th overall pick, though, Cole Perfetti makes his NHL debut for the Winnipeg Jets. So a huge hockey night, and we will get back to it with Eric Engels in just a flash, but it's also a soccer night in Canada. That's right, kids. The men's national team hosts Panama in World Cup qualifying action, and it isn't a stretch to say that this is their biggest game in 36 years since they beat Honduras in Newfoundland to qualify for the 1986 World Cup. Now, Canada enters the night in fourth place of the final round of qualifying. They are just one point behind their opponents, Panama and the United States. Top three after 14 matches, one home and away against each team, will qualify directly for the World Cup in Qatar. The fourth place team gets a playoff that could be tough depending on matchups. This is the first of three straight home games for Canada who host Costa Rica and Mexico in Edmonton next month. That's right in Edmonton in November. For more on tonight's game, though, let's send it to James Sharman at BMO Field. James, take it away, bud. 
thanks to me. Yes, a massive, massive match today at what could be an almost capacity BMO field in a game that John Herbman says could be the key fixture in this year's World Cup qualifying campaign. So who is Panama? Well, Panama beat the USA. They tied Mexico, but they lost to El Salvador, a team with some inconsistencies, but a team deep in veteran influence and a very physical side. They will be a challenge for the young Canadians who do welcome back Tajin Buchanan, Richie Larea and Stephen Vittoria from suspension, but are still without their captain, Atiba Hutchinson. Kyle Laren, of course, their top goal scorer, and Junior Hoylett. Now, with Laren absent, they have missed in front of goal, with John David not playing up to his top form, this season so far, Lille's been fantastic, outscoring in France Leo Messi, Kylian Mbappe and Neymar combined. But for his country so far, he has not been on top form. If he finds that form tonight, Canada should be favourites for three points. But it is a huge three points. This team must now start picking up points other than just draws. Still, it should be a great occasion tonight for Canadian football fans in what is, as you mentioned earlier, Tim, one of the, if not the biggest games since '86. Thank you very much, James Sharman at BMO Field, where it looks like the clouds are starting to dissipate a wee bit, although I did pick up my poncho just in case on the way. Uh, Meanwhile, Habs and Leafs will kick off the season at least north of the border here to talk about it from Scotiabank Arena. Let's go right on back. Eric Angles joins me rinkside, senior columnist, NHL insider for Sportsnet. Angles, how are you, brother? Good to see you back in an arena. I'm doing great. I'm really happy to be here. I can actually hear you, and there's no organ playing in the background. It's a little, <laughs> it's a little weird. Yeah, I miss Deanne. I, if Deanne Bebo uh, makes an entrance at any time during this, I will welcome it, though I think it will be hard to hear from the Bell Center in Montreal. All right, so let's talk about the conversation that I had with Elliot Friedman earlier today, the conversation I had with Kipper and Sarah Velli yesterday, and that is the future of Mark Bergevin. Could that become a distraction for the Montreal Canadiens? I don't think it really becomes a distraction for the players who have to go out and, you know, win games. But it could become a distraction for Mark Bergevin. You know, it's a situation where he obviously wants to continue in this job. He said as much. But it comes down to money. He wants Jeff Molson to pay him what he thinks he's worth. The value of GMs has gone up in the league. There's a lot of executives that are making a lot of money. And Mark Bergevin would be entering now his 10th season and could be, you know, the GM beyond that. And obviously his... uh, earned his keep, I guess. You know, if you look around the league, there's a lot of teams that would be interested in Mark Bergevin if he was available at the end of the year. Uh, I think that's the leverage he has. I think his willingness to walk out the door is another piece of it. And there's, you look around when that one qualification is that you have to speak French to have that job. There's not so many people that fit the bill because I think to be a really good GM in Montreal, you don't obviously just have to speak French. You have to have great connections across the league. You have to have that profile and that pedigree of really knowing what's going on and being current and up to date. And when I look around, I don't see a lot of candidates to fill the position. Not to say that someone can't come in and do a great job, but I think Mark Bergevin has earned himself a contract extension. We'll see where it goes. It's funny, too. He's been busy. Uh, We were mentioning earlier in the show how many differences there are to both lineups from Game 7 earlier this year in the first round of the playoffs to what we're going to see on the ice tonight. What are the expectations surrounding a Montreal team after that unbelievable run to the Cup Final, but obviously missing a lot of key pieces? 
You know what, when you usually ask me for the pulse of the city, I usually say it's kind of <laughs> all over the place. On this one, I think there's some pretty serious consensus that the Canadians are going to be in tough to make the playoffs, and it's understandable. You said it's a lot of turnover from the roster, a lot more than they would have liked to have had. Obviously, the Shea Weber situation is paramount. He can't play. He's too injured to play, and we may never see him again uh, playing in a National Hockey League game. That's a big blow to the Canadians' blue line. Carey Price's situation away for at least 30 days, possibly more, in the player assistance program. That was an unforeseen development, uh, even to Mark Bergevin, who said he was shocked when he heard the news. That is a, a huge piece of the puzzle here, as you know, Tim. And Joel Edmondson not starting the season on time. Yeah. Mike Hoffman not starting the season on time. Paul Byron not starting the season on time. Philip Deneau uh, in Los Angeles. Jesperi Kakaniemi with the Carolina Hurricanes. Mark Bergevin made some moves to replace those players. Guys like Christian Dvorak coming in. Chris Weidman on the blue line. David Savard on the blue line. But this team is really going to have to do what it did in the playoffs, and that's come together as a team because they're going to have to defy the odds. No one is really picking them to make the playoffs, although I did on sportsnet.ca. I did it just more based on a feeling than something tangible because, let's be honest, it's hard to make a case for them right now with all the stuff that I just talked about. You know, it's funny because I look at this team, and obviously a lot of people are going to talk about Jake Allen and how much of this load he's going to have to shoulder. Um, but it also comes with a defense core that isn't exactly that punishing D-line that we saw uh, last year in the postseason. Is, is there a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B? Uh, if you get that defense core to step up and if you get Jake Allen to show what he's shown in flashes in Montreal, is that the key to getting this team to the, to, to the playoffs? I think so, but I think it's more about the spread of uh, offense and the balance up front that they have. Now that if Mike Hoffman gets healthy, you know, you look at the top three lines, they really spread around the scoring. The power play could improve significantly. I think the penalty kill will be better than 2030, even if they lost a lot of components there. You look at the playoffs, I think there was a point where they killed close to 40 penalties in a row and they were over 90%. They were unbelievable in the playoffs. I think they could bridge the gap between 23rd and 1st in the playoffs and end up with a pretty solid penalty kill. So special teams and goaltending, a couple coaches always used to talk about how valuable that is to win games. I'm thinking of Jacques Martin specifically, who's a former coach of the Montreal Canadiens. Goaltending should be a strength of this team. Jake Allen, if he can carry the load while Carey Price gets healthy and comes back potentially 30 days from now and joins in a better spirit and a better frame of mind and capable of carrying the Canadians the way he has in the past, I think that's their path. But the balance up front is really going to help. And you're right about the blue line. You know, they want to create that physical dimension. It's not there as much without Jay Weber. Now, Joel Edmondson brings it. We won't see him for at least another couple of weeks. Ben Chirot brings it, but you don't get away with as much of it during the regular season. But as the season goes along, he will. Jeff Petrie is going to be an established number one for this team. He has to play phenomenal for the Canadians to get through. So let's see what happens. Uh, it's fun. NHL is back. I know they started yesterday, but it doesn't feel like it officially gets underway until they drop the puck on the Leafs and the Habs. You will be there for it. We will be here for it. Thank you very much for doing this, as always, and uh, hopefully we'll do it with a little Bebo background soon. Yeah, thank you, guys. Enjoy the season. You too. Uh, there is Eric Engels, senior columnist, NHL insider, sportsnet.ca. You can follow him on Twitter, at Eric Engels. Time for one last break. We'll check in with the Wednesday night hockey panel. Carolyn Cameron and the crew continue to get you set for puck drop as we wrap up Tim and Friends next. Face off, 42 minutes away in Toronto.
Welcome back. We are counting down to Leafs and Habs Scotiabank Wednesday night hockey and we'll come to you from our brand spanking new NHL studios on Sportsnet. Pretty cool video put out by Sportsnet on Twitter today showing off the new digs. Uh, wondering when we get our drone shots around here. Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> that was it's, pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, we'll tweet it out or, or retweet it from the Sportsnet account so that you can see the brand spectrum. A little different than the 1986 World yeah. Cup footage. <laughs> yes. that, that, that is what we were comparing it to earlier. Uh, listen, we have a ton of hockey coming up. Yeah. But there is some breaking news in basketball right there now. Is. What's yeah. going on? Yeah, it, it relates to Kyrie Irving. And we know that he's not going to be a part of the Brooklyn Nets uh, until he gets vaccinated. That news came earlier this week. Right. But now we are learning, according to Sham Sharania, the Brooklyn Nets reportedly will not offer Kyrie Irving a contract extension moving forward. He has a player option next year at $36 million. But beyond that, there's no contract for Kyrie Irving. So it certainly so it clouds his future in the NBA for sure. It clouds his future in Brooklyn. It's over. Yeah. yeah. Like that's done. Like they're putting their foot down and saying we don't want well, him playing for our team. Things can change if he decides, I think, to get the vaccination at this point if and comes back. he decides back. to be part of the team. Yeah, if he decides to be part of the team and then practice and play with the team, then I think things can change. But as of right now, they're certainly putting their foot down. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, brand spanking new digs, hey, we showed you the video from the new studios. Let's send it down to that brand new host of Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey, a brand new crew and a brand new studio. Carolyn Cameron, take it away. Thank you for buying that time, too, with the breaking news because no one had returned from dinner and Elliot was putting on part of his suit. Anytime. I had to cover up all the places I spilled. <laughs> As he makes his second appearance on the show in the last hour. Okay, so without repeating everything that we'll be repeating in about 10 minutes from now, as we get set, especially for the first matchup between the Leafs and the Habs, knowing how the season ended, especially for the Leafs in the playoffs. That's a fine right off the bat. <laughs> haven't even started the season and ding! Somewhere, somewhere Kelly's watching up. and going, who told him, who didn't tell him to turn off his phone? <laughs> there can't be a trade yet. We haven't even started the year. We, I tried to Lineups. make a trade, but you're still here. Oh, oh, there we go. I'm stuck in the middle. You're starting this right away. Okay, just so everybody sees who threw the first punch. This is going really well so far. So, uh, sorry, let me gather us again. As we look ahead to the matchup for tonight, what's the expectation for both Montreal and Toronto? Elliot no, you're going to go first. You got to go first. Okay. Go. Well, look, I like I I really believe that with Montreal, honestly, of all the Canadian teams, I have the worst feel for them right now. I I really have no idea what to expect. They've had so much happen to them. Toronto, like when I look at the Maple Leafs tonight, look, no matter what they do, it doesn't erase what happened last year. But I think you have to come out and establish that the opponent tonight they embarrassed us last year, and we have to set a tone for the way we're going to play this season against that team. I think for both these teams, what's your identity? You know, you look at Montreal without Weber and without Carey Price. They've got to be a four-line team. They've got to be a team that provides leadership through committee. And, you know, they have to wear down opponents and sort of have that underdog mentality like they did in that Leafs first-round series last year. And then I think for Toronto is what kind of team do you want to be? Do you want to be this high-scoring offensive team that's going to be really well and everyone's going to get a ton of points during the regular season? Or do you want to grow into being a playoff contender, someone who can finally get past that first round? And to me, those are the two questions for both these organizations. You want me to go now? Yeah, it's your turn. I'll tell you what I'm scared of. I'm scared of goaltending for Toronto, and I'm scared of leadership for Montreal. 
Goaltending for Toronto, and again, Carolyn, not to give away what we're talking about, that's going to decide how far this team goes. And for Montreal, Elliot already brought it up. No Carey Price, no Shea Weber. You got all these young studs, and they're all on the boat rowing along, but who's steering the ship? That's important. And you don't have those two leaders there. We got to go, so you can't uh, hear the rest of my thought. But trust me, that's going to be an issue. <laughs> and watch it all in a more professional setting in six minutes from now as we get set for Scotiabank Wednesday night hockey and a packed crowd at Scotiabank Arena, too, for the first time in over 500 days, Tim. Uh, not going to lie, I kind of like the unprofessional yeah. part of this. I, that, that feels like more Tim and Friends than it does Hockey Night in Canada and Scotiabank Wednesday night hockey, but we appreciate it either way. Thanks, guys. Thanks for doing it, and I hope dinner was good. Uh, all right, Jesse. That means that they're done. That means that we're almost done. That means that Kevin Bieksa, I don't know if he knew this when he was doing it, perfect tease for their broadcast because he's going to finish the thought that he just had. Yeah. But we have to finish a few thoughts like here with the last call. In five minutes from now. We'll see how formal it is with them because that was, that was fun to watch. Okay. Uh, we're changing up last call if only for one day. NHL is back. Canadian team is back in action tonight, obviously. It's time to play What Do You Mean? NHL edition, the number one best-selling adult party game. We're going to keep it uh, PG for the purposes of this show for the last yes. four minutes, uh, yes. but it should still be fun. Here's how it works. I'm going to give a statement, and yep. Timmy, you're going to give me a meme that you think best fits that statement. All right, I've got a Most few cards here. i got an entire box down there. Let's go. Okay, so I'll let's try go. First my best. Here we go. Okay. <clears throat> when the Maple Leafs lose again in the first round. Need a meme for it. I got a couple memes. Uh, meme number one is the fans. So when the Leafs lose in the first round. Uh, that's your meme for that one. That's been the okay. meme for the last five years. <laughs> that's been the meme for the last five. Okay, so that's the fans. This is the rest of the NHL. <laughs> okay? The rest of the NHL looks at the Leafs and sees all that talent and says, how the hell are they? Like, you talk to other NHL players, they look at the Leafs and say, this is a good team. They're going to break through. But I'm telling you, the one that's going to rule the roost is this one. And not this one. Yes. I, so I, that I, is I, the first what do you mean. Okay. We heard Elliot allude to the Habs, and many people don't know what to expect from them. I need a meme for when the Habs miss the playoffs. When they miss the playoffs. That's correct. When? When they, that's when what they he said. When they miss the playoffs. All right. These are bold these statements. Are, these are not statements of fact, by the way, Seb. I'm going with this one. <laughs> uh, it was lit fam. Uh, and I'm referring to their run to the Stanley Cup final. So uh, my meme for the Habs would be it was lit fam. Yeah. Life comes at you fast. Okay. When the Sens don't achieve unparalleled success this season. When the Senators do not right. achieve unparalleled I, success. I got this one easy. Like, the unparalleled success. No one actually. They're going the right way. It's cute, the unparalleled success, but no one actually believes it. I think that's what this dog is saying here. Look, I'm cute, but I'm kind of a pain in the ass. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that's pretty right? good. I like the cuteness factor. Okay. When Thatcher Demko is a Vesna candidate. When Thatcher Demko is a Vesna candidate. Oh, I'm good with this one. I think mm. Thatcher Demko will be Ooh. a Vesna candidate. So, I, like, Halak's going to push him a little bit. Might be competitive yeah, there. Yeah, Halak's, Halak's going to play a couple games, and you hope he's really good, and he gets on a little bit of the slack. Demko's numbers at the end of last season, despite all they went through, very, very good. I'm down with that. Okay, and uh, last one. A meme for when the hockey season is back. Uh, for me, uh, this is the meme. Uh, settle I'm, in. I'm going to settle in on Love my couch. I'm gonna, uh, for a lot of people, this is the meme. <laughs> hey, how you doing? 
Hockey's back. For some people, it's like, yeah, hockey's back. And for the vast majority of Canadians, this is what it means to have hockey back. All right, speaking of unprofessional, Carolyn Cameron, that does it for us. Appreciate you, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.